Hello, and welcome to I'm Okay Though, a podcast about therapy, mental health. My name's Owen Cutts. I'm a songwriter, producer, and I've got a keen interest in mental health, men's mental health, and sort of how we go about it and how we view it. With me is the lovely Jodie Karras. Hello. How are you? I'm okay, actually. Yeah, I'm okay, I'm though. okay, though. <laughs> no, I am. I'm all right. And it's nice to be here chatting to you on the last episode. The last episode. We I did know. it. Wow. We got here. <laughs> what do you do? I'm a, a therapist and I'm the founder of Self Space, which is a contemporary mental health service. Amazing. Yeah. And we are sort of mid-Jan now. How was your New Year's? Christmas? It's a funny period, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what? I find it. I've kind of adapted the way I live to make it as meaningful for myself as I can. Yeah. It's not a time of year that I really, really love, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I think there's an enormous amount of pressure to be joyful and sparkly all of the time, yeah. even when we say there isn't. And I find that quite difficult. I notice that I'm much more Grinch-like than I would hope to be. Yeah. And I don't really invest in that invisible line between one year to the next and how we're going to miraculously be a new person when the new year comes. Because that's a big thing, isn't it? Yeah. Do we, like, as humans, like, we need a marker? Do we need that line in the sand? Well, I, I think it's about trying to find ways to mitigate our feelings of hopelessness if I'm honest. Look, I know that sounds a bit bleak. Hi, welcome to the new year, peeps. Um, I actually do think we want to give ourselves the opportunity for a clean slate and starting afresh and all of this stuff, which look, it does have its merits, but I think we do that to combat a sense of how unbearable feelings of disappointment can be for ourselves Uh or the idea that we maybe are just the same person when we wake up on the first. I think that can be really incredibly painful and quite bleak. And so I think we hold on to this idea that this can be a new version, a new page in my book. Mm -hmm. And of course, I think there is the possibility of starting things differently, but I don't think it matters about whether it's the new year or not. What are your thoughts about it? I think it's a bit of an excuse and a bit of a put-off to just do what you want before before that date. Do you know what I mean? New Year's is coming. Do you know what? On New Year's, I'm going to cut out carbs and sugar. So before then... I'm just going to eat All I'm going to eat. I'm just going to eat it all. Or I'm going to booze my way through December because... Because I know on the 1st, yeah. it's all change, baby. Extreme, quite extremist behaviour. Yeah. Perhaps. Definitely. And I feel like... You need that little like beacon or like that little thing in the horizon. But as soon as it's not in the horizon anymore and it's reality and it's the 1st of Jan and you've actually got to stop eating sweets and carbs or whatever it is you've said you're going to do, go to the gym, go running, whatever. It's usually that, isn't it? Well, it's normally, it's this idea of everything I'm not happy with about myself, I'm going to load on to change all at once. Right. And I think it's potentially very dangerous emotionally for us because none of us can succeed at everything all at once. So if you're going, right, I'm going to have this extreme change to my diet whilst also trying to exercise every day and stop drinking. Your body, one, is going to go into shock. (laughs) The amount of energy it's going to take to make all of those changes all at once, I think is going to 
end in some type of failure, which I think then depresses us even further. And then we really can't make the changes. Yeah. I understand and I do like the idea of a more conscious way of living so that if you have inherited some bad habits over the year, if you are really wanting to try something new and you need the new year for that to hook Mm -hmm. it on, cool, go for it. But what about if we try to really think about sustainability and the way we approach stuff? You know, I'm, I think we've spoken before about the, this idea of micro commitments to yourself yeah. without the fantasy that this stuff is immediately going to make you feel better. Yeah. I think we have to know this is grind. I think we have to know we, that the best we can do sometimes is just keep showing up. Mm-hmm. Keep showing up at the gym, however boring it is, however you feel in that moment you're not gaining from it. Keep choosing yourself in a in a sustainable way rather than everything all at once. What can we do in those moments? If you're in bed and you're like, it's 7am and you're like, you've made a pledge you're going to go every morning or three times a week, let's say. In those moments, when you know it's shit and you know it's boring and you know it's not going to be nice, what? And you want to say, do you know what? I'm just going to have a snooze because that's I'm really just what I want. Have a snooze. Or I'm just going to have that glass of wine or I'm just going to eat that croissant. Are there little... Like, what do you do in those moments? I, how, how, how do you make it sustainable? I think we have to... I was talking to a friend about this actually last week. I think we have to make the difficult decisions, the reward... So somehow from... We've inherited this idea that sleeping in bed longer is a treat eating that chocolate is a treat that having the wine oh that's a that's a well done and that's me choosing myself actually it's the opposite so how can we reframe it in our mind which is if I stay in bed I'm actually doing myself a disservice I'm not convincing myself anymore that that is me choosing me mm-hmm. actually that's the easy option often the more difficult one is the one that's going to bring you the the greater rewards. So I wonder if every time, I'm not saying, look, don't sometimes sleep in, don't sometimes have Mm -hmm, everything. mm -hmm. Cool. Everything in moderation is a massively successful approach to life. But I think if we can change the way we think about it, I think that's going to help. So it's almost like reframing what is actually good for you. Yeah. And that that actually, if I choose to do the thing that I think I really want to do, that's actually not choosing myself. That's actually saying you're not actually worth it. You're not actually worth the commitment of getting up and and doing the thing, you know, that's going to bring you more joy ultimately. Do you, have you made any resolutions? Did you do any this year? Yes, but I'm, I'm like more aware than ever that, it's kind of like, oh, how long is this going to last? You know, what, what were yours then? Let's see how long this lasts. <laughs> Mine's not kind of like huge, huge. It's just to take better care of my health. I'm trying to do enjoyable exercise at the moment. Is it ever enjoyable? Yeah, so I try to play football. Oh, right? you love that, don't you? I love playing football. And it's so interesting the link between men and football. 
Oh yeah, you were telling me. I think that that I think it would be so interesting to share the story about your friend, friend. and his mental health because I wanted to circle back a little bit because we started this podcast, didn't we? Really thinking about men's mental health, yeah, mental health in general, but also yeah. men's mental health. And I think what you said about this is a really important thing to share, actually. Yeah. So, look, it might not be the same for everyone out there, but I grew up playing football. There were times we play football every day, and. What I think football does for you, or a sport, or like a group activity, like I think what it does for you is, uh, for me, it did. It got me sort of like into a lot of amazing situations. It got me out of a lot of bad situations. So as we get older and our commitments get more or our health declines, you don't play as much. And then it's kind of like deemed as this sort of like, something you get away with. What not to do it. So you feel like you're winning if you don't play. No, it's like, sort of like, almost like, what, you play twice a week? Ah. Like, like how are you getting away with that? Sort of attitude. There's a lot of that attitude. You mean how are you getting out of your adult responsibilities? Parenting, Parenting, relationship, relationship, work. Work. Uh There's a lot of like, yeah, like, wow. You've got a kind of, what's that thing? Is it a pink ticket or something? Yeah, like is, a is that pass. Like it's yeah. Like, oh, you've been allowed. And also going to watch football. I think there's something around that, isn't there? Which is doing things for ourselves are somehow not allowed. They're the not secret allowed. things. What, you fun? Yeah. Going out and having yeah. fun with your friends? Yeah. So I have a friend who's who's probably more, he play, probably plays more times a week than your average. He plays like three times a week or something, right? But what it what football does for you is like so I play on Monday nights and it's just like it's not a high level it's not in a league it's just like a bunch of old friends and we get together and we play on Monday nights. But I took a long time off football for for various reasons. Then I came back to this Monday night game, and now it's all I think about. I I cannot wait <laughs> for Monday. That's so sweet. And, and there's a, t- a, a WhatsApp goes around and you put your name down on your team sheet. What do you get out of it then? Because we we're also talking about, aren't we? We're talking about the kind of link to taking care of yourself, your body and your wellness. Yeah. But we're also talking about socially relating, being part of a team, yeah. not letting other people down when you don't show up, yeah. right? The, the the things that kind of keep us accountable in some way. Yeah. And I think we're also talking about, our, you know, one of the things I think about when I think about how we take care of ourselves is how do we connect to the younger version of ourselves, our inner child, if you like. And that bit of you, which still resonates with the younger Owen that played at school, you reenact that when you do it now. More than you could ever imagine. And I mean, this is where the bit of my friend comes in, right? So he's, you know, he's got a fantastic business. He works really hard. He's got two lovely kids, a wife, a house, you know, and plays football quite a lot and he had a he had a knee injury that required surgery and was out for a bit right but he knew how long he'd probably be out for if he did the physio right and and etc etc right so he comes back from his knee injury starts playing football again and i think the first or second time he played he cracked his ribs which is like a really uh, sort of open-ended injury. 
Yeah. Right. It's like, I don't know if I'm actually injured. Will it be okay by tomorrow? I don't know. Anyway, it turns out he was out for six weeks. Oh, that's right? quite long. Quite long, but he didn't, there was no sort of prognosis, if that's the right word. There, there was no determined time. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't mentally prepared for it. He wasn't mentally prepared for it. Mm-hmm. It was just a crack. It was just how he'd hurt his side. You know, it's like a kind of, it's a weird one. Anyway, he came to me at like five weeks in or something, five or six weeks in. And he was like, oh, mate, I'm really, I just I feel really shit. Just, he was like, he was like, what, what's happened to us? So like, what's happened to us? So like, we used to go out every weekend. We used, we used to play, you know, we used to hang out. We used to, he's like, oh, just like, do you ever feel like life's just not what was advertised or not what we thought we were going to get out of it? Generally feeling a bit miserable just, yeah, and hopeless. Feeling a bit, yeah, yeah, basically. Unlike him. Quite unlike him. Not, not. Totally not unlike Not completely him. foreign, but like, this was bad. And I said, I said, when was the last time you played football? It's like, it's been six weeks, these ribs, they're just kind of, you know. And I was like, do you think maybe, you know, we were talking about, like we've spoken about on the podcast before about hobbies. Mm-hmm. I said, man, you need to get a hobby. You know, like, I love photography. You know, what can you do? And we were talking about making silly animations or like, you know, YouTube films or something, you know, like to, and then, his ribs got better and he, he he started playing again. And the next time I heard from him was like, hey man, you want to play golf tomorrow morning? <laughs> he was back on it. He was back. It, yeah. You know, and it was like, I, obviously it's not as clear cut as that because there's, you know, but for him, playing football, enjoyable exercise, team sport. Yeah. He's also very good at football. So it's like, there's that. Validates he, him. It validates him. He's enjoying it. He's, he, he's, um, achieving a lot you know mm. in a short space of time the difference was just kind of insane yeah. and then and then and then the conversations since have been about new cars like or looking into a, should I go electric or you no know, it's nothing about like not feeling oh, great you know what's happened to our lives <laughs> why, why are we alive here what's happening yeah and it was so interesting mm. and I also feel like I when you know, like I said, I I've just come back to to playing football again, and it might not be football, right? You might not be into football, but I just think the regular. That's why I said you know, I'm trying to find enjoyable exercise, so I'm not like I'll go to the gym five times a week. You know, it's like okay, if I can find two games a week or one, definitely once a week, and maybe another one, and then I go to the gym another, you know, once a week. It's good. It's sustainable. That's so great for me. Yeah. And it's a commitment that you can keep. Yeah. I mean, I think I want to caveat it with, look, it might not always be enjoyable. So you love the football. Yeah. But there might be times where you're like, oh, it's raining or I'm not really feeling it. And of course, let yourself off sometimes. But yeah. in the most part, commit to it, yeah. even when it doesn't feel good. And I think that, I think that philosophy throughout the year, in the way you live, which is the discipline, and I don't mean rigid discipline, but a discipline to show up and do the hard shit is ultimately what is going to keep us the wellest. And if we apply that to everything, I really, really think that helps. I also think group accountability is what keeps me in check with this one. 
with this instance, you know, football is like if you don't sometimes if you don't play, there's not enough players. Therefore, like you're kind of letting down other people. Other people. And then oh, there's other people being like, if you're like, oh, I'm not sure, because I kind of they're, they're like, oh come on, don't be like that. And you know, bit of peer pressure here and there. And you join, but also there's like there's running clubs. Yeah, there's loads of stuff. I saw some girls swimming on the beach clubs. doing that cold water swimming at the weekend. I yeah. was down there. And I said, how do you stay committed to it? And they said, well, we're committed to each other. There you go. And I thought, I think, you know, in terms of how we relate to other people, there is also that, which is, okay, not at the cost of yourself all of the time. We need to be able to say, I can't and, and no. But equally, I think in terms of how we relate to people, we need to be able to rely on each other. Yeah. We need to be able to call each other out. We need to be able to inquire yeah. more fiercely, like what's going on with you? I really rely on you to go swimming with me or whatever the thing is. Yeah. And so I think, you know, all of these things, they have repercussions to the way we live, the way we relate to others, the way we feel about ourselves. They're not... They're not disconnected. It's even the same when you go to like an exercise class, right? You're relying on the instructor's vibrancy. You're relying on them to show up. You're relying on the energy of the other people. And if you train solo, if you're in in a pursuit which is about bettering yourself and it's on your own, which might be sober curious, it might be embarking on dating, it might be whatever the thing is, choose some allies, right? Choose some people that you can share with. Choose some people that you can celebrate with yeah. or talk about how hard it is. We don't have to do this stuff on our own. And I think that is also something that's really important. And it's not maybe not a New Year's resolution, but something you can yeah. include in your life, which is how can I meaningfully relate to other people and how can I use this to to buoy me up when I need it? So I think there's also that in it. Can we talk about being sober curious? Yeah, of course. Because I, I think that's probably um, like along with I'm going to the gym, that's probably the biggest New Year's, new me, new life mm-hmm. thing. And I've gone sober before. and You don't drink an enormous amount anyway, no, do you? No. Did you used to? Yeah. Yeah. I drink on like special occasions or, to be honest with you, if I fancy it. Yeah, but I'll, not... I'll have a booze up. Drinking to get drunk or... <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. I used to drink to get drunk as quick as possible, but... Now it's kind of like... If you're more joyful. Do you drink now if you're more in a joyful space as opposed to... I'm just quite... I'm just... I just know myself a lot better. So I I like... I can approach an evening and be like, I'm going to have more fun sober here. and Or I can be like, I'll have a few cocktails and get a bit merry and a bit silly. Yeah. But And that's it. Yeah. I won't continuously drink. Because the hangover is never worth it, right? It's never worth it. Never, ever have I woken up and thought, I'm really happy that I drank that much. I'm so (laughs) glad. I have this thing at parties or or nights out where where I call it at a time. It's usually about 12 or 1 where I'm like, nothing new is going to happen. Yeah. Every- and me being more drunk isn't going to make <laughs> no, that happen. Everything original and like <laughs> has has already happened in this evening. Nothing new past the point of now. Like everyone's on a loop. 
Yeah. It's just going to loop around until 6am. Oh my goodness. Do you know, even when you said one o'clock there, that terrified me. I'm definitely (laughs) always in bed by half past nine. So you are full on rock and roll to be awake at one. But I think this Sober Curious thing and even the title Sober Curious is is something we brandish around a lot at this time of year because we've come out of a phase of indulgence, right? Christmas is about, we understand it as indulging in eating, drinking, people, friends, all of that stuff. And that's lovely. Great. Reward yourself yeah. but do that mic in a microwave across the year as well also be really realistic about how you are relating to anything like drink drugs eating if you know this has been a constant battle then honestly the best thing to do is to get some support okay whether that's joining a group of some sort how, how would one find a group so i mean look aa and na are really big ones and I think they have a massive place in recovery I really do the only thing with AA is like Alcoholics Anonymous and what if you don't consider yourself an alcoholic most alcoholics don't consider exactly. themselves alcoholics so what, though. what's the sort of how do we push I, past I also that think name well I think that is also a misconception I think if if you could think about it as a place to go to learn about yourself as opposed to right. paralyzing yourself with the binary idea of I'm either an alcoholic or I'm not. Yeah. I think if you can just go in with an open mind and take it for what it is, you know, defense mechanisms, which we've spoken about before, they speak so loudly. So that would be one, which is, oh, I'm not an alcoholic. And maybe you're definitely not. But mm-hmm. the probability is you can gain something from going to, yeah. to any space which is going to challenge you. And so that might not be for you, but find yourself a little group of people who are speaking the same language as you at this time in your life. And it might be on social media. It might be somebody you've read who you can follow a bit more. Don't try to make enormous changes without any help in place. I also think this idea of doing dry January and stuff like that can be quite counterproductive because we're just refraining and then we're going to go and binge in February. I mean, I take the approach that I generally don't really drink in the week. I know that I can't drink more than four cocktails, otherwise I feel terrible. So like you, I have a really acute awareness of what my limitations are. And also if I'm starting to just feel not great. And I also think you're better to have a longer phase of days where you aren't drinking anything because your body can recover more. So if you are of the mindset that, oh, I just have one or two glasses of wine a week, that's never giving your body time to clear out. So you'd be better to go probably, okay, well, I'll have three glasses once a week. I'm not proposing extremist binging behavior here, yeah. but but really from uh, the way in which our body repairs, we right. do need to have periods of time where we're just really kind of not doing that stuff. Interesting. And I also think the less you do it, the more gains you'll find in your life. The one thing that I noticed when I was sober and also just through, there's a few of my friends that, have said to me that they're going to go sober is the reaction of others. So, I mean, I've always sort of like been quite confident in my choices. So I'd be at a pub and I'd have like a a, a lemon water or a Coca-Cola or something and someone would be, and, and, and then people would be like, what, you're not drinking? Yeah, what's wrong with you? What's, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. You know, but 
I'm quite confident in, in to to be like, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I don't, I'm not drinking. Sort of like, and what sort of attitude? But a friend said to me, I'm thinking of going. I want to go sober. And I said, mate, it's amazing. And he and he said, oh, so nice that you said that's amazing because when I told my family, they they laughed at me and thought I was joking. Wow. It's a strong reaction. Right? But it's not, it, it's quite common. Happen. It's common. Especially if you're like the fun, boozy, drunk yeah. guy or, or girl. But, but if you imagine, look, any type of change holds up a mirror to other people. So mm-hmm. when people are making those types of comments, they're often talking about their own fear. So if you're telling me ultimately that you're, you really love yourself and you're bettering yourself here, mm. then that is going to be terrifying to me if I'm not able to do that for myself. So it feels like loss to other people, your gain. It hasn't really got anything to do with you. So what, so what do you hold in those moments? Because that's like, you know, no one wants their family to laugh at them or no. their friends to say, why aren't you drinking? And that might be about how we advocate for what we need, which might might be the conversation that is, do you know, it would be so nice if you could find a way to support me through this mm-hmm. or I wonder what that's bringing up for you. Wow, yeah. Because the conversation might be much deeper, which is, well, if you leave me, who's going to be my person? Right, if you, there might be a lot of insecurities. If you're not my drinking buddy, yeah, are you leaving me? Yeah. So I think anything that means that you are growing and changing can be frightening to other people. And you see this quite a lot in relationships and marriages. Is that you know the the codependency piece, and it can happen in families and friends, mm. which is your change is making me grief-filled. And the way I'm going to counter that is by being mean to you and try to prevent you from change. Because then I feel less alone and you're still my, you're still there with me in this thing. Nothing's changed. Exactly. So I think we have to try to find the courage to push past that. I didn't drink for quite a few years after I had my son just because I didn't, I didn't want to. And at first it was quite scary and what other people's reactions were. And then... I started to take quite a lot of power in in my choice and yeah. it felt really good to be the person going, oh, I'm going to leave now. And actually, I can't really understand what you're saying anyway yeah, at this point. Same. But I think we do not estimate the amount of grief that can come up here because it can, it can show chinks in our relationships. It mm. can really make us reevaluate our friendships and we do need to shed skin sometimes in order to grow and change yeah. and I think that is one of the things we have to bear and it can be really painful you can look around and you go gosh I'm not as close to those people or maybe they're not my friends anymore now and that can be really horrible but I think that can be really common yeah so common and it's so normal I really want to emphasize that. If you, the more you get to know yourself, the more you hold your values really close to you, and I don't mean in a judgy way, yeah. the more you will find your people. Yeah. But that also means losing some along the way. Definitely. That happened to me this year in a couple of instances. Really? And it's really painful at the time. But equally, I also feel okay about it and yeah. that this is part of the process. So I think notice that notice and know that we are an abundance of feelings. Just because things feel hard, all of this stuff, sobriety, committing to change, mm-hmm. living differently, it doesn't mean that it's not the right decision. Because we're sort of 
made Jan now. You yeah. Know, so like, I assume it's getting quite hard. You mm-hmm. know, the first week, maybe you're kind of on a, on a charge. Second week, same maybe, but the third, fourth week. Is hard, much, much harder. It's going to be more difficult, right? To like, because it becomes real. Yeah. And I think staying committed to it, like, I think it's hard for me to say that because if you've set yourself completely crazy goals, then I don't know about how realistic it is to um, commit to it. But I do think commit to something, commit to yourself, commit to your self-worth, to your value. And every time you do something, ask yourself, does this celebrate my worth? And if it does, fucking go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it doesn't, really question yourself about that. So it's kind of like at this stage or at this part of your commitment, it's sort of like asking lots of like more sort of inner questions. Yeah. And know that you might not feel the gain of it immediately. The gain of change isn't often, oh, right. Okay. I went to the gym once and I feel amazing now. Yeah. Or I've been eating you know, whatever, and I don't feel any different or I'm making these changes in my relationship and it's still really horrible and hard. Yeah. Okay, change takes time. Things take time. They do. They really do. And I think these consistent foundations around how we build, you know, our own buoyancy, that is what's so important. Um, Quick question on on the change. Mm -hmm. What I've found from personal experience is I'm really disciplined and determined and I can probably outlast a lot of other people in terms of sticking to what I've said. But my problem is I see the change. I enjoy the change. Let's let's say it's physical. Say I'm going to the gym a lot. I see a physical change. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with the physical change. And then I stop. <laughs> because you think you've you've succeeded. How do I? Then how you, does one? You know, you could be like, oh, I've been sober for three months. I feel fantastic. Now I'm just going to mess it all up. Now I'm going to mess by, it all up. So I wonder how do we? That's where you go back to what's the reward? The reward is I feel better. If you can hold on to that, rather than. I feel better now I can stop. Yeah. It's almost like, for me, it's almost like, oh, job done, I look great. Yeah. And then <laughs> six, four months later, I look exactly the same as I did. you did before you started. On, on December the 31st. <laughs> there, I think it's, it's a really difficult question because you are you come up against a kind of a, a boundary that you might have crossed a million times which is oh I did it now I can go back so how do we push through that for consistent change often around sort of like health and fitness it's a lot of talk around this is a lifestyle change Mm -hmm. you know this isn't like a like fatty fast diet quick like you know get ripped in six weeks sort of every change you make should be a lifestyle change and I find that quite intimidating because it feels like this like, is... This is it for the rest of my life. This is it for life. 
ongoing. I, yeah. But yours, that's what often it. happens with sobriety, actually, is I'll have clients say to me, but do you think when it's like in a year's time, it's going to be my 40th, do you think I can have a drink then? <laughs> and right, one, that's not for me to so answer. But to two, laugh. let's just, so why don't we see how we're feeling? Why don't we see if we can reflect on the gains? And this is where sustainable change comes in. If you've set yourself the goal of seven times a week in the gym yeah. and only eating chicken breast and 42 eggs, the probability is you're not going to be able to keep that up. But if yeah. you go back to your thing, which is like football, yeah. maybe a couple of times, Jim, there's absolutely no reason that that cannot continue for yeah, your yeah. entire life. And I think that those are the types of changes. And, and even in the things about how do we relate to people? How do we have good conversations? What sustainable change look like in my relationship? You know, some people go into the new year going, right, I'm going to change my sex life. This is a big one. That's it. Now we've got to have sex once a week. Or, you know, this happens a lot in marriages mm -hmm. and relationships. What we need to consider is what are we trying to achieve? How can we create a space in which we can be successful? Rather than just saying, okay, we're going to do that thing once a week. I think it's got to be like you said about football, creative, mm -hmm. interesting, enhancing yeah. our life in whatever way. Yeah. So all of these things, I think, are about how we can imply, uh, apply them in an ongoing way. Yeah. Also, another good one is walk. <laughs> I like it. Strong. Just walk. Walk. Walking's don't, great. Don't get the bus. They're li that's little, but... Yeah. So important. So important. Also, ex I mean, this is probably like... <laughs> I'm going to paraphrase here. So I'm no scientist, but... Getting outside changes your your vision. Mm -hmm. So if you're inside, you're looking at everything close to you. Yeah. If you get outside and you look uh, and you can see further away, say you go on a walk and you're in a field or you go and you see down the high street or something, it accesses like a different part of your brain. Where like, you're like not just in the immediate. It accesses like... a sort of more sort of hunter-gatherer, like it it goes deep into the biology. And also into the collective unconscious and the, the, the more collective psyche. Yeah. I mean, look, I think this is what I really believe. If you can hold on to the mentality that you're not a tree, you can move, <laughs> right? If mm -hmm. I'm not happy yeah. where I am, I can move. If I'm sat at my desk and I'm feeling like a slug and horrid, cool, I can get up, I can put a tune on, yeah. I can dance around my garden or my lounge. I yeah. can walk to the cafe and get a coffee, probably. Yeah. I can move. I'm not a tree. And I think we can apply that to our thinking, to yeah. our physical sense, to absolutely everything that feels like it's impossible. I would say pretty much nothing is impossible, really. I totally agree. Yeah. And I think that mindset is really helpful. So if the kind of getting outside helps you to just change, change up in that minute, do yeah. it. I think that's a lovely way to wrap everything up. I'm not a tree. I can move. I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Should we do merch? Yeah, let's do merch. I'm okay though, merch. Great. I mean, listen, we, we've done it. We've done <laughs> series one. Eight episodes. Eight episodes. Guardian but pick of the week it was. Guardian pick of the week. Yeah, and you know, amazing. So nice to read comments that I've seen coming in on loads of different channels and I have really loved 
hearing your responses to the pod. It's been so nice. It's been like, do you know what I notice? It's like different, a different sector of people on who follow me sort of interact with it. So like some sometimes like I mean I only put up stuff work stuff really on my Instagram things about tunes things about songs <laughs> and there's certain people that you regularly like you know like and comment and support which is lovely but with the podcast I feel like there's a different section of people yeah who are starting to sort of like react to it no engage engage with it, engage with it that's it and you know if that's you we're like we're, we're both really grateful I think for yeah it's so for your, amazing you know it's a, it's a lot to ask for people to sit down for for like you know in music we we always talk about how hard it is to get someone to listen to three minutes you know like the song has to be so good and so engaging that it's going to keep someone for three minutes and, and, and here we're asking you to to stay with us, for, you know, sometimes over half an hour, and I just think it's wonderful that um, that we get the opportunity to do this, but also that it's being received quite nicely. Yeah, it's so nice, and we're quite meandering, aren't we? And I, um, yeah, quite waffly, waffly. But I think life is like that. Sure. It's imperfect. It's meandery, and I think you and I often respond to what's actually coming up for us, yeah. so it's quite authentic. Yeah, but we're going to do a season two, aren't we? Yeah, shall we? I think we should. should. We do yeah, two? let's do it. All right. Should we have some guests on? <laughs> I'd love to have guests. Do you let's know, I'd love guests. to have all male guests on. Let's do it. Because I think there is, it's a really important voice to be heard around men's mental health and not to just focus on that. But I think we should have all male guests on the next season. All male. I'm down for that. I definitely know a few candidates already. But Same. if you feel like you have something, you know, that you can say, and we're not we're like... By no means are we talking like, hey, let's get eight famous people on. No. You know, like experts in your field or if you have something to say, you know, please get in touch with us and, and uh, you know, we might be able to sort something out. I had something else to say. Was it, Bye. you know, I really love and value you, Jodie. Was it that? Oh, sugar. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> that was it. Well, I wanted to say that to you, actually. What an absolute pleasure it has been to spend these hours yeah. uh, listening to you and and you sharing so generously about yourself. I think it's so important, particularly for men. So thanks thank for you. being you, Mr. Cut. Well, thank you for, for agreeing to doing this. I feel like I sort of strong-armed you into doing it. But oh, I think you're the star. So I, I've, I'm going to take that. I'm yeah. definitely not, but I will take <laughs> I think, that. I think you're the star, and I just sort of like play. Just sort are of, you my co-host? I don't know what I am. I just sort of <laughs> poke you and for you to not say interesting things. Not at all. Not at all. That was it. I remembered what I was going to say. One of people's resolutions, I'm sure, will be, I'm going to bloody do it and get therapy this. Please year. do it. So, to wrap up the podcast quickly, if you're that person, if that person's listening, saying that was going to be my resolution and they haven't done it yet, what do they do right now? They, you need to know that you don't have to just be experiencing something difficult to come to therapy. It's also about re reaching your potential. Come to self space you can register we've got an app go to the website book a session follow us on instagram at the self space come and have a chat about yourself we all love talking about ourselves really and it's so important and we would be so delighted to welcome you and you've got a really cool thing where 
you take a kind of like question then it, it matches you with a with yeah we've a therapist, got a therapy right? matching service so if you're like oh gosh I don't know where to start I don't know who to pick you can fill out a really simple little form on our website and our lovely customer services manager will match you to a therapist that we yeah. think you'll work with and if that doesn't work out choose someone else you you're go. not a tree you can move Boom. you can move <laughs> there we go thank you very much thank you Bye. Bye.